0: self-love or the lack thereof is the foundation in everything that we do welcome back to another episode of a walk back to self-love i'm amber hugie very excited about this week's episode Uh, stephanie crandall who is the director of intergovernmental affairs for the city of fort wayne a woman in politics a purposeful woman answered the call many years ago and exemplifies what it means to be self-aware and the greater good of all in everyday work that she does. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode. And of course, you can connect with me on Instagram at Amber B. Hugie. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of A Walk Back to Self-Love. It has been a minute since I've recorded an episode. Just kind of been taking my time, focusing on um, my mental health, uh, craziness that's happening in the world. And occasionally, you know, I will meet people along the way that I, like I share with you on this podcast, that just really inspire me. And I'm sitting at the table right now for someone that I met last summer through a mutual friend when I started to really find oddly enough that my passions were going more towards the political route, the government route, asking questions, and just meeting cool people that were out here making significant changes with what their purpose is and what they're doing for work. And I had met Stephanie Crandall via zoom and I just I think her story is awesome and I feel like other people need to hear your story especially as a woman and you have a really cool title (laughs) but I'm gonna let you say that so without further ado Stephanie Crandall, thank you for being on this week's episode with
1: me. Thank you so much for having me, Amber. This is just an incredible opportunity for me, and I've been listening and and inspired by you as
0: well. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's all
1: about women, um, you know, inspiring Mm -hmm. other women and trying to find our ways that we can work together and connect
0: together to really further our purposes in this world. Absolutely, and share each other's stories and Mm -hmm. journeys, because that's what I love about this experience, is we all come from different backgrounds and family life and passions and what really moves us and you know I, I want you to share how well first let's talk about your title but then go back to when did you first decide that you wanted to get into the more political career
1: yeah so my title is director of intergovernmental affairs
0: for I just the love City it. of Fort Wayne. Sorry, I just want to geek out for a minute on that because I'm just like I would totally just own that title every day <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I mean
1: I actually uh worked to get that title uh, because I really think it does um Catalyze or show what I what I work on every day. I'm a liaison for the mayor's office uh, with all the other levels of government, local, state, and federal. Wow! So I provide strategic counsel on a variety of initiatives, um, like whatever the vision is for the city. Then I try and think about how that is impacted by the policies and laws that are being contemplated on the other levels of government. So anything from, you know, a police department might want to think about what how they how they can hire more more police officers well, what are the things that are in place at the state and federal levels that either support their efforts or impede their efforts? And how are those all work together? And so that's where I have a really um, wonderful opportunity to consider a variety of things going on in government and how they're all connect- connected and related and you know, provide that uh, feedback and insights of, okay, here's where we might wanna work for change. So um, one of the things I'm actually really proud of that we've done on a local level is uh, under the mayor's leadership is that we actually got paid parental leave for city employees. That's amazing. Yeah. Because that's rare. In today's world, that's rare. It's a huge topic of conversation right now, especially with the infrastructure package and care and and realizing the impact of COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a few years ago, actually, the mayor um, put together an initiative. And so the city of Fort Wayne actually offers its uh, employees three weeks of paid parental leave not just mothers, it's any parent, and it's any um, parental uh, situation. So not just a baby, it could be adoption. Wow, and it's that's three... more common too. People are are adopting more, so that's exactly. wonderful to hear. And it's it's three weeks, which is just a start. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all the scientific studies show that we need probably at least 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. But it's something, and it shows that, you know, if Fort Wayne wants to really be a place where we embrace our family values and we you know say we're a great place to raise a family, then how are our policies showing mm-hmm. that desire? Mm-hmm. And so that was one example that we've been able to accomplish in the city government.
0: Do you think and how long have you been at this role here? I've been here for eight years, actually. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. wow, yeah. So have you you've obviously seen a drastic change in in your job, day to day duties, and probably the stress level, right? Well, it's um actually so I was in Washington DC before. Yeah, this. and I do want to touch on yeah. this, but But
1: the reason why I came to the local level was because the the federal level was really hard to make change happen. Um, I was working on some legislation for years with local officials, and we just couldn't get the traction that we wanted. And so when my husband and I were actually deciding whether um, we wanted to have a family and, and where we might want to raise them, then this opportunity became available. And I thought this is really where I want to go is be on the local level where you can make those changes happen, where you can see things happening. And it's because a lot of times you're making these policies with your neighbors, right? We might not agree on all the political spectrum, but we want our community to be a better place to live. And so there's a lot of things that we can agree on and a lot of things that we can actually work to impact on the local level. So that was why I was looking at this opportunity here and came here.
0: Do you see in your career or throughout the years that more people do decide to do the same thing that you do because they want to create change on a local level that it's more of a productive route to, to do more local than federal? I think there's opportunities at
1: all levels. Um, and I think you just have to recognize how those levels work together or, right. or sometimes work against each other. Um, it's interesting because like, a lot of the conversations we have at the state level is about local authority, right? and mm-hmm. And making your community better. And um, there are certain policies that really can impact that on the local level and and make it harder to have that local authority and impact. I mean, we see that in so many conversations right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, recognizing that if you actually believe in that principle, then you need to be promoting it on the state level and the federal levels as well.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, we all say, you know, all politics is local. And so that impacts the decisions that are still happening on the state and federal levels as well. And we need those people on those levels, to recognize how what they're deciding in Washington and Indianapolis impact us here in Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. So I, there's a lot of ways to, to pursue that path. Yeah. For me, right now, it's been great to be in Fort Wayne.
0: Yeah. So let's let's take it back a little bit. Let's throw it back to you know maybe even high school or college. Like, what's your path to where you're at now, and how did you know like yes, this is what I want to do? Because I think, and you can agree or disagree that a lot of times it's hard for people to sit with themselves and hear what they really want and to to take your purpose and actually go after it and, and make a life out of it and a livelihood out of it. So how did you know you first wanted to do this path?
1: I was incredibly fortunate. A lot of people you know, can pinpoint the moment where they found religion. For me, I can pinpoint the moment where I felt called into public service. It was actually my freshman year of high school and up until that point, I was really good at math, and so people said, "Oh, you know, come in and glass you." <laughs> uh, you know, where I was good in science, and they'd be like, "Oh, be an engineer." And science mm-hmm. was not my area of interest. But the first week of school, no. I was in my civics class, and our teacher asked what was special, like what what a special event had just occurred, and it was the 75th anniversary of the passing of the 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote. Mm-hmm. And so we that we started a conversation about how few women there were in government, and this was 26 years ago now. But um, and you know what what role could women play? And I just really at that moment I felt called into public service, and so I got more involved in student council and student government. Um, I was actually the treasurer of our student council for a few years and then ran for president, lost that election. but, um, <laughs> but my teacher cultivated that interest in me. I mean, yeah. she took me to Harrisburg. I, I grew up in, outside Pittsburgh. She took me to Harrisburg to see the general Assembly there um, or the, the, the state um, government there. I had a job shadowing experience with a state senator. I mean, I just had teachers who uh, you know encouraged me to pursue that passion and um, <laughs> you know, even dating myself there was an opportunity to talk about the star report, um, on local TV. Like they wanted to interview high school students about it. And so I, you know, stayed up all night, like reading it. And then the first question was, well, who's read it? And I was the only one who had read it. And so they didn't want to talk to me actually in the interview because it was more about, um, you know, of the fact that the report was in the newspaper mm-hmm. and whether people should have had access to it and all this stuff. So, but there was those opportunities that, that they, they sought out, or that they found, and they said, okay, Stephanie, you need to pursue these. And so I actually went to um, college, studied political science and Spanish because I wanted to be fluent in Spanish to be able to speak with more people about policies.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well,
1: it didn't work out as well as I'd hoped. Um, <laughs> I actually um, interned in Washington, D.C., and I was in D.C. on 9-11. And so that was actually supposed to be my first day of my internship on Capitol Ooh. Hill. Yeah. And after that experience, my parents said, well, we really don't want you to study abroad, which I, was understandable at the time. And so I never really became fluent in Spanish. Um, but that was my path was, was my, my pursuit. And then I did go to law school and um, <laughs> to my father's chagrin, he told my mom, he said, do you realize she wants to go to law school and not be a lawyer? And my mom's like, yeah, because I wanted to go to law school to understand how laws were written and how they impacted policies. And so that's what I did is I, I went to William Mary Law School in Williamsburg, Virginia, and everybody there was somehow tied to Washington, D.C. They were, they were coming or going from there. So that was a really great opportunity for me to, to go to law school there. But I wasn't quite ready to go to Washington mm-hmm. after I graduated because of my, um, my college experience. I went to Ohio Northern, actually not too far from here, uh, from Fort Wayne. And uh, so after I graduated from law school, Everyone in government said, try a law firm, make sure that's not what you want to do. Right. And I had an incredible opportunity. I actually worked for Baker and Daniels, which is now Fager Drinker in Indianapolis and worked in public finance. So all of my clients were local government and tied to local mm-hmm. government. And it was just a really great time to be there. Um, uh, President Obama was running
0: mm-hmm.
1: for his presidential election and so he spent a lot of time in Indiana. And it was just- Did a, you get to meet him? Um, not at that
0: point, but mm-hmm. I got to go to a lot of his events. That's awesome. Just to be in the same room with that energy, that passion, mm-hmm. that purpose. That, that probably sits with you, with you a lot and you probably think about that often Well, it's, it's rare. You know, like you just don't... Your path is so unique to you and just unique to in general, especially being a woman. Like even today, would you agree or disagree that there's still not a lot of women in politics, but it's on the rise. Yes. More are getting into the field and making waves, but we're just still not there yet. Yes, Still very heavily male dominated.
1: And I, I encourage so many women, regardless of your political affiliation, to consider government and politics because we do need more women at the table. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, there's um, a local organization called Avow, Advancing Voices of Women. And one of the things that they've been highlighting is the profiles in public service to get more women added to boards and commissions. And so anytime I'm ever offered the opportunity, um, you know, so from time to time the mayor does ask for my input on when he makes appointments. And we have a conversation and he's very open to increasing the diversity of our boards and commissions and increasing opportunities for people to um, offer their expertise and their leadership in our community. And there's just so many ways to
0: serve. Well, it's just nice to hear that that's how he is behind closed doors, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's important as a strong leadership role like a mayor to be open to feedback and other people's opinions and not just think that you're always right. <laughs> you know, and then like, oh, it's only gonna be my way. So it's nice to hear that, you know, he is really genuine like he is out in the public, like he is behind closed doors and you get to work side by side with him. So going back to Indy, what happened after your time in Indy?
1: So um, I, I was in Indianapolis when the recession hit And unfortunately, public finance was not um, a place where they had a lot of work going on. And so they said, you know, we're sorry, we have to let you go. And I said, that's okay, because actually my dream was always to go to D.C. Mm -hmm. And so I packed up and went to D.C. um, and ended up working for the National League of Cities, which was an organization that lobbies on behalf of local governments on the federal level. So again, it was just a really great opportunity. And my boss, because it is a small world, my boss was actually a former Baker and Daniels partner in the Indianapolis oh. office, and deputy mayor of Indianapolis, and she was in or she was in Washington D.C. Then
0: and a woman too. Yep. So that's awesome. Yeah,
1: woman of color. She's now actually the head of the California League of Cities.
0: Oh wow. Um,
1: and which is so National League of Cities is this national organization, and each state has its own uh, municipal league that lobbies on behalf of local governments on the state levels. So she's the head of the California one. Indiana has one, too. It's called Accelerate Indiana Municipalities AIM. Um, so we're active. Fort Wayne's actually a member, and the mayor's a board member of AIM here.
0: Now, do you still communicate with her from time to time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So it's kind of, it's a connection. And that's what's so great, I think, about when you find like-minded people, is you stay connected and you encourage each other throughout, throughout your path. And uh, and I'm sure you you can say that this is the type of path that you need encouragement from time to time because you probably get frustrated a lot. You know, it's very easy. I think most people get uh, frustrated with politics over anything else because it's like a lot of things are out of our control or, you know, whatever it may be. So I just think it's amazing that you were able to connect with like minded women and and just people that are on that same path. And people get frustrated with government and how slow
1: it can be. But some of it <laughs> yeah. was designed that way, too, for yeah. you know thoughtful change-making. Um, but it can be very frustrating, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it is nice to have those sounding boards and say, okay, you know, sometimes we just have to go with incremental change. Right. Uh, and recognizing,
0: though, that we are hopefully moving on that path forward. Right. So when you first arrived at D.C., I'm sure you were probably thinking a lot of things through your mind. But at at all, were you like, I don't know if I'm ready for this? Like, what was your, can you remember what your self-talk was like? Like, did you have to motivate yourself? Or were you like, no, I'm here. I'm taking this and I'm going. Well,
1: my experience at D.C. is that a lot of people want to know who you are, what your position is, and what you have to offer them. It's Like, what can you do for me? Yeah, it's pretty transactional sometimes. Um that was my experience, and so uh you have to make sure you have that job then then right. that people are like oh i 'm interested in that um but i also it, it was a really great opportunity to learn about more about how policies are made
0: yeah
1: um and I mean, if you look at capitol hill a lot of um there are a lot of staffers who are fresh out of college who come in and you know are work their way up um and so just i again, I had some really great opportunities to connect with especially women. Uh, You know, you might apply for a job and may not get it, but then there's some really great women organizations out there. There was one called Women Opening Doors for Women. And it was a dinner party that I went to about women who were interested in running for office. And one of the women who um, attended that night, she actually is a congresswoman from Illinois now. And I remember sitting there with her and she was like, "Uh, you know, I'm a nurse and I have so much to offer in healthcare policy. And she just, she knew what her expertise area was, and it's mm-hmm. now uh, Representative Lauren Underwood from um, Illinois. Wow. And so that's what D.C. has this op- opportunity to offer, yeah. um, is, you know, just people who, who want to do good in this world mm-hmm. and who want to be at the center of government, which a lot of people associate with Washington, D.C.
0: Right, right, because that's where most usually go to, unless you want to stay on a local level mm-hmm. and, and work for your local government. Um, did you ever get to enjoy the city that wasn't work related or were you, when you were there were you mostly focused on your job or did you get to explore the city and see the the nightlife and the restaurants and things like that
1: oh yeah no i totally miss like all the monuments obviously yes yes
0: i mean it, there's no place like dc because you can see so many things for free i know i couldn't believe it. my first time i was there it was a so, my first solo trip in 2017 i could not believe that all the museums were free yeah I, yeah. I mean, like major, incredible museums were all free. And now you if you go to get back, your ticket in time.
1: there's even more museums. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, the African-American Museum wasn't mm-hmm. open when I was there. Yeah. Um, I remember going to the Holocaust Museum with my dad yeah. uh, when he came to visit one time. And I mean, yeah, there's just there's so I mean, um, my husband and I, we went to an event at the National Archives. And it was Caroline Kennedy was like speaking. I mean there's just so many incredible opportunities. Yeah. Uh, you know justice De- uh, Sandra Day O'Connor was at an event yeah. Um, that yeah that that is a really great thing about d c is getting to just have access to a lot of those things that um, mm-hmm. we don't get in when we're not
0: in the Beltway. Right. And what I also found surprising, I went in there with the assumption that everywhere you go in D.C., you were just going to feel the politics. You were going to feel government everywhere through the streets, but only in the political box of where the White House, you know, Capitol Hill, all of that museum. But outside of that, there's so much culture mm-hmm. and just... Um, talent, And I remember I, I was walking down the street and I turned the corner, I ended up in this huge drumming circle. And I'm like, how did I get here? You know, like there's so many pockets yep. in D.C. that it's not just about government and politics. No, and it's but not, you think that. I thought that. It's a microcosm of the
1: world, too. I mean, it's like, you know, there's just so much culture, like you said, but world culture, because mm-hmm. that's where so many people come from all over the world. Um, that you just get exposed to so many like oh the great food yeah I do miss the ethnic foods
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which we do have some really great ethnic foods here in Fort Wayne too yeah um, but yeah but it's not like D.C. you know like that takes it to a whole different level <laughs> yeah yeah I mean but um but it's a great place to visit and what mm-hmm. I also loved about my job too is that working with local officials from across the country I got to learn about so many amazing things going on in communities all over so my job was to staff the mayors and council members who would come to D.C. And they would go to Capitol Hill and they would, you know, we would talk about certain policies. Um, And then I also got to go, uh, I would staff the committees that were doing the work. And we would do a lot of the committee work in the local communities. So I got to travel a whole bunch to some really great places Mm -hmm. um, and see what these communities were doing. And, you know, then, um, you know, talk about how on the local level we get to do a lot of solutions that Washington should be looking at. Yeah. So it was it was a really great opportunity. I really enjoyed my job for the few years that I was there, um, but for for me it was just we decided we want to have a family, and it's very expensive to raise a family in Virginia.
0: Yeah, Cause or most DC. people yeah
1: most people are not going to be living in downtown or you know. Yeah, I like to vote, so that's why I didn't live in the Beltway. <laughs> I, okay. I lived in Virginia because I wanted to make sure my vote counted, which that's a whole nother <laughs> issue we could talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so what what were some of the the stressors that filled into the box of, okay, it's time to leave. Obviously you met your husband there, correct? Mm-hmm, yep. And so you guys probably had those pillow talk conversations, like what is our next five years gonna look like? But what, what do you think was the deciding factor that like, okay, I spent some solid good years here in DC, it's time to go? Um, well, it really was about where the doors opened too, as we were trying to figure out, and
1: this was actually the one job I applied to outside the beltway. And I got it. And so we felt like we were being called out here. Mm -hmm. And when we moved out here, um, my mom's from Northeast Indiana. So my grandmother was living here. And so we were wanting to be closer to some family. But when we got out here um, for my interview and we saw some food trucks in (laughs) front of One Summit Square, we're like, this is this. There's there's things happening here, you know. Um, and then when we uh, decided to move here and the commute, (laughs) we could actually stop at the grocery store (laughs) on the way home. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have an hour and a half metro and walking commute. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, I did miss out on the exercise of some of it, but, um, you know, actually having time for certain things like that to have dinner at, you know, not at eight o'clock necessarily. Yeah. Um, it was just like, oh wow, this is a different quality of life here. And this is a place where we could see ourselves raising a family.
0: Yeah. Do you ever miss DC like on a full-time level, like being there, especially right now or the past couple of years with all the intensity of everything? Or are you like, whew, man, glad I'm in Fort Wayne. <laughs> um, I was definitely glad not to be there for a few years.
1: I mean, and I think that's the, th- the thing is, um, you know, part of the reason why I left DC was the vitriol that was happening on the national level mm-hmm. made it really hard for policies to happen. And so I've enjoyed, um, Trying to avoid that as much as possible. I do see that, unfortunately, it is a national dialogue now that has really um, mm-hmm. permeated communities of all levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I I miss some of the opportunities. But what's really great about my job is that I still get to stay connected to D.C. Like mm-hmm. I have a biweekly call with our our um, government consulting services. To make sure that I understand what's being discussed in D.C. and how it impacts Fort Wayne, so the infrastructure package that we're talking about right now, uh, you know, the American Rescue Plan, those are things that I'm following very closely, and you know, talking with our delegation here about, okay, you know, we'd love to see this happen so that it could uh, impact Fort Wayne in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Uh, or there's grant opportunities that we're going for, um, you know, firefighters and police officers. There's there's a lot of connection still. We have we have to know what's going on in DC. And with all of the federal agencies and there's so many federal agencies to know what, you know, what we can and can't do here.
0: Yeah, and especially with Indiana as a whole is is under the spotlight for the next 4 years because there's so many changes happening that I'm sure you guys really have to be hyper focused on okay, what is what is the long term that's going to be healthy for Fort Wayne and Indiana overall? Because there's so many changes coming up, just natural change of leadership and roles and everything. So I'm sure that that probably right plays a little bit of a a factor on it, or is not not yet.
1: Well, I think it, I would say actually more on just the local level, mm-hmm. the the community I think is experiencing a whole um, change of leadership of you know generational things too. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know. So I think I'm the end of Gen Gen X. Um, but, you know, thinking about how the workplaces and how we have the baby boomers retiring. And, you know, a lot of them have been in leadership roles. I mean, if you do look at Washington, a lot of them are still in leadership roles. Um, and how does that impact our visions for where we want to see our communities go? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say it's on every level of just thinking about, like, what is the future? Because who are those people that are stepping up into those leadership
0: roles? Right. And, how and is what that... kind of outcome are they going to have Exactly. the future generations, which you hope that the future generations are, are pumped and, like, ready to, you know, take the baton and go. But, you know, I think it all really depends on them individually. Mm-hmm. So uh, right now, now we're, we'll talk. Pro- well, we'll talk about. So when you left DC, you realized that you and your husband wanted to come back here. You came. You saw. You're like food trucks. This is great <laughs> Lifestyle's still here. There's some things. So what have you done in the last couple years that you're really proud of? That you think, you know what, I- I'm so glad that I'm here and you can feel the changes that you're making.
1: I mean, I can't believe the changes that Four Wayne's experienced in the last eight years since I've been here. I remember the first week of my job and the mayor taking me to the landing and telling me what his vision was for it. And now, I mean, I just had breakfast this to see morning it. at Utopian Coffee. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I now have three kids um, and my, my baby just turned two a couple weeks ago. Aww. And so we brought him down to Promenade Park we, you know, went on the playground, and they all, you know, ran through the canal, um, the kids' canal. We had lunch at Coney Island. We had ice cream at Kilwins. Uh, and then he got his first haircut at Great Clips. But, uh, <laughs> and it was really just a trim because he's a pandemic baby, so he's got curly hair, and we were afraid to cut pandemic it. pandemic baby. It's true. Yeah. is a pandemic baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh but having all those things just to do, again, for, I mean, you know, the park at least was free. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a great opportunity. And in, and what was so much fun was my oldest son, who's six, he just started playing with kids who were from all over the, the city.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it, it, they just instantly made friends, and they're all playing tag in the kids' canal. And yeah. just having that place where we can all come together yeah. and say, this is Fort Wayne, and this is how we want Fort Wayne to be right um I mean it was just it was such a fun Saturday and that's how we spent my my son's birthday
0: there's a lot I mean I've lived this is now my second chapter back in Fort Wayne the first I mean I can agree with you even the first which was 2015 to 2018 there was changes happening but now it's like so different than when it was from that first chapter but I think we can learn so much from children that we don't always acknowledge is that you can just come together in a space not know each other could come from all different backgrounds and just have fun and play tag Mm -hmm. and create and laugh and not care about where you come from and i think that children it's it's that missed opportunity to learn from from kids that are two to six to twelve yep you know they just have this free you know thinking just joy that adults lack i think most of the time um so that that's great that you and your family can can still do things that isn't on that large level like D.C., you know, like I'm sure your kids would probably enjoy D.C., but it's nice that your day to day that you can find, you know, um, moments to share together. So speaking of the pandemic, did your job change at all during the pandemic? It did. Yeah. So um, I actually
1: went, well, the the whole city, you know, kind of pretty much shut down for right. a, a time period, but I could work remotely um, on all of my work. And. It was really an interesting time, too, because, I mean, like, you and I connected over Zoom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had an opportunity to connect with people that I never would have been able to connect with before in certain ways. Um, I had the con- opportunity to be part of conversations, you know, on the state and federal levels, too, that normally you'd have to travel to. Right. But because you could just connect on Zoom, you know, you you got to have your input there rather than being, you know, one of hundreds of people in a conference room. Right. You know, you might be one of a few people on Zoom to be able to provide that input. Um, but it also made me realize how important the the little connection of the the conversation before and after the meeting is. I mean like you know you and I were were talking briefly before this mm-hmm. and having that opportunity to connect and you don't get that on Zoom. No, you, you don't. You know, when you're with, you know, 25 people on a Zoom call, you don't say to somebody like, "Hey, by the way, I need to follow up with you." I mean, you do if you have to follow up, but right. but usually a lot of times when you walk into the room, you're like, "Oh, I see so and so. I need to connect with them on that one issue." You know, and that that reminds you and so that was um, a shift and like having to be a lot more intentional in my communications mm-hmm. and reach out to people and say, Oh no, I, I need to make sure I follow up with them cause I'm not going to see them right. in the, you know, the big room or whatever. Right. Um, so that changed some of my, the, the way I communicated and the way I did a lot of my um, liaison work. Um, but it, you know, I also knew that I was trying to help my coworkers who didn't have that opportunity you know cause this is before the vaccines, and mm-hmm. you know even when we were trying to figure out what masks were doing, and mm-hmm.
0: um you know trying to make keep everybody in a safe workplace um uh, so on was, top of your other responsibilities <laughs> that you have to pay attention to, and as the world is changing like i I'm sure you were probably like, Oh my gosh, you know like what do I do <laughs> well, I mean, I
1: was closely following you know the governor's um he had you know well for a while it was almost daily i think um press briefings about mm. you know covid and everything and so i'm trying to get that communication and you know uh make sure that the mayor has and the division heads have their their information that they need to be able um and just yeah i mean we continue to watch of like uh what is the guidance that's going to be coming from federal agencies about what we have to do as a workplace because that's the other thing is you know people forget the city government is a workplace too for all the employees. So a lot of things that it's not just the policies
0: of how we provide services to residents. It's a day-to-day workplace. It is. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is true. I mean, it's a job, it's a career, but because of the line of work, it's like magnified of like policies, laws, leadership role, but you're like, hello, it's day-to-day stuff too. Like we have to wipe down our desks and wear our masks and hand sanitize and all that. So um I just, like I said, I just truly love your journey. And I just wanted you to share it because I don't know anybody day-to-day that's a woman that has had the the crazy journey of, especially in politics. Um, so now where you're at presently, where do you think that you'll go in like the next five years? Do you think this is going to be a, all the way to the end path? Or do you think that maybe, you know, you might run for something someday? So when
1: I was back in high school, back, you know, in that, that civics class, I think um, I, well, we had a variety of projects to do. One of them was, we uh, had to do an entrepreneurial project actually and so i baked chocolate cookies that was not my area forte um but i remember you know as a kid being like oh okay i'm gonna be president by the time i'm 35 or or president <laughs> when i'm 35 because i calculated it and i was going to be the first election i could possibly be eligible for was like the 2020 election and that and that's 100 years after the passage of the 19th amendment and surely we'll have had a female president by then and so i won't be the first but you know i but as a kid, you don't realize, like, mm-hmm. how much... The time much, frame of... Right. Like, yeah. You know, 35 seems so far away.
0: <laughs> it really does.
1: Yeah. When you're a kid. Um, so I'm now, you know, beyond that, um, I don't know that I have my eyes set on the presidency anymore. <laughs> but I do... I would like to serve in an elected um, capacity at some point. And it's just a matter of trying to figure out what those um, paths open, what the, when those doors open, when the timing mm-hmm. is right.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: I've been really fortunate to be able to serve in an appointed position. Uh, where I can impact a lot of the policies. Mm -hmm. And I just, that's the part is I love serving my community and finding that way that I can continue my service and continue to offer the gifts that I feel like I've been given um, to give back and to further those opportunities for other people as well so that they can realize their gifts. Mm -hmm. uh, That's what I'm going to continue to keep my eyes open because if you'd asked me, Well, now I've been here eight years, but before then, if you'd asked me if I was ever going to be in Fort Wayne, I probably wouldn't have told you yes, because that was not a door that I saw open at some point. Right. Um, But I'm so glad that that door opened and that I went through it. And so I just am right now still listening to figure out, okay where's the next door that I need to to pursue?
0: Right. And I think what's what's wonderful about you, which lacks a lot in uh, especially political leadership, is that you are self-aware and you do self-check and you care about other people. And I think that that's an important element not just, hey, I can go in there and I understand policies and laws and I went to law school and I know the, the logics and the, the, the nuts and bolts of it. You actually have compassion, empathy. You care about your community. You care about people of color. You know you understand what your, your role is and I just want to commend you on that because not everybody has that kind of self-awareness, especially in 2021. So I just want to say that, that I, that's why I also wanted you to be on this episode because I do believe that you are so in touch with your purpose and you're in touch with your community, that's what makes you a great leader. Obviously, eight years later, if you were terrible at what you did, I think they'd be like, well, Stephanie, it's been nice, but <laughs> we gotta you know, cancel your key card. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I always ask one final question to all of my guests. I know that you've had a wild journey, probably a lot of ups and downs throughout it. Um, how do you, one, here's one question, how do you disconnect from your work because I know I think the pandemic obviously presented that to a lot of people of how do I disconnect from this like I need to focus on myself my family you know hobbies so how do you disconnect from this crazy world um, I will say that is
1: a place that I have a lot of improvement that I need yeah. I don't disconnect well I, I, when I started in the law firm it was the Blackberry time and you oh, had yeah, to be connected yeah <laughs> you had to be connected to your Blackberry 24 7. I mean that was the culture that I started in, in my workplace then and so I've had a really hard time of shutting it off, and um, that's actually one area where right now I have a hard time coming home. Uh, like last night, you know, I was watching the city council meeting, then came home late, mm-hmm. and you know, my my three little boys are coming and running to me. But it's like, okay, well, what what emails did I miss? And it's not the the culture that has been set for me here
0: mm-hmm. but it's, it's, you.
1: it's me yeah it's totally me and it's and so that is actually an area where I'm working hard um and so it's not so much disconnecting because I feel like I always need to be aware mm-hmm. but I do need to be focusing more um of making sure that I'm present for my kids and again that's that's an area where I'm just I'm struggling right now especially because mm-hmm. of the pandemic because then when I was working at home You know, my kids were home. We did have somebody watching them during the day because I couldn't do my job and watch my three kids at the same time. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, But then it was even harder to turn it off, you know, at 5 or 6 o'clock and go upstairs because I felt like I I was working from home. And um, so... I won't say so much disconnecting, but where do I get my energy from to like, re, you know, keep going? Yeah. Is, your motivation. What's your motivation? Yeah. Is, um, I mean, that really is my family though. They, they're they the ones who um, continue to encourage me. Uh, I mean, my husband is incredibly supportive. He knows the the um, path that I would like to pursue. Mm-hmm. And he, you know. He's so, all about it. He is. He says, go for your dreams. Like, don't settle. You know, you go for it because... This is what we all, you know, signed up for, basically, what we all agreed to do, what we chose. Um, And so, uh, but I, and I get energy, really, I mean, it goes back to that saying of surround yourself with women who would speak your name uh, in a room full of opportunities. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where it's about reconnecting and making sure that I don't, I can't do it all myself. Absolutely cannot do it all myself. And no woman should feel like they have to do that. And so you know if there's a time where i do need to disconnect who can i rely upon to you know come and and work with me, and, and uh, who can I ally with mm-hmm. to make sure that we can continue working right. um, and furthering this? Because there's a lot of skill sets that I don't have that somebody else does. Right. So maybe it's you know redirecting uh, or making sure that somebody else has that opportunity to step
0: up right. and show that they have that place. And that's half the battle too, is finding women that support each other because that's its own little circle of bed energy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you you want to keep building up the um energy of women supporting women and just because i'm asking you for help doesn't mean that you're going to take my job it's because i need a break and i need help please and you are skilled and talented and i would love for your help you know and i think that that's um what women in in the workplace have to continue or even entrepreneurial world um continue to move forward with that kind of mindset and that's
1: something like so even if you're not a parent everybody needs family leave at some point, whether it's Mm -hmm. an ailing parent that you might be caring for or a sick neighbor or whoever. I mean, everybody has somebody that they're called at some certain point to step away from their job, to take care of their neighbor or, you know, Mm -hmm. person in their life. Mm -hmm. And we need to recognize that we all need that opportunity to disconnect at that point. And I was very fortunate because each time I went on maternity leave, I had a coworker. I mean, nobody else does my job <laughs> inside the city, which
0: is kind of cool. Like <laughs> that's why I wanted you on this podcast because you have a very uniquely built role that right. nobody else has. But you I had know? a coworker who definitely managed some of the work, you know,
1: to mm-hmm. keep some of the, the, the balls going, and they did an incredible job of, you know, making sure that the communication flow continued. Mm-hmm. Um, so because that's the thing is, it's it's not, it shouldn't be just about me. It's about, you know, continuing to provide that um, opportunity.
0: Right. And we do right now live in a world that's more me-focused than we-focused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's nice that you are in a high leadership role and you understand the we over the me. And I think that that's what also makes you successful at what you do. Um, okay, two more questions. One goes back to when you were in your civics class. How, what, can you, what advice can you give someone to make sure that they tap into that purpose, that call, and, and when to act on it? and not let fear get in the way of that
1: i mean i just had incredible support system um again a lot of teachers who they just saw something in me and they cultivated that i mean whether it was when when i was in high school or then when i was in college i mean at ohio northern you know i was student senate vice president my freshman year um and you know they just encouraged me to go for a lot of leadership roles i restarted college Democrats actually on the campus uh and they just they said you know how can we support you for you to realize your dreams and that's what's really I mean that's what I'm hoping that I can provide to other people too because not everybody has that access and that that opportunity to have that support system Mm -hmm. but I was incredibly blessed and so I would say even if it's just um and if there's something that interests you, and I'm not because not everybody gets the calling you know, of like, oh yes, this is what I'm meant to do for the rest of my life, right, right. But if it's something that interests you, people love to talk about themselves, so call them off yes, they do, <laughs> and, and find out like what is it that interests you in their position, yeah, um, and just learn. I mean, that's that's what it really is all about is about being curious and being interested in what other people have to offer to figure out where your purpose might be in life. Like, Mm -hmm. where, you know, getting to know yourself, yes. But then a lot of things is just figuring out, like, what do other people do that I find fascinating and I want to learn more about? Um, And then, and and asking them about it uh, and and creating your own support system, even if you haven't had a lot Mm -hmm. of opportunities to be supported. Um, But I was incredibly fortunate. I still am. I mean, I still touch a base with some of my high school teachers. Oh, that's Um, awesome. Yeah, I mean, think facebook has its ups and downs
0: right but i connect with
1: my high school teachers on facebook uh, and, and i'm they, sure they're
0: proud to see like who you were then and saw the potential in you and knew okay she probably has a career in politics and public service and here you are years later and, and well and what's been
1: fun is seeing some of my classmates who weren't that actively that active in politics mm-hmm. they've run for office for school board And they work for state senators. And, like, there's... You're like, hey,
0: what's up? Yeah. I mean,
1: it's so much... It's so fun to see where people go. It really is. And to see what opportunities they get a chance to pursue or that they, you know, chase down.
0: Yeah. And that's what I love about this life that isn't always, I don't think, celebrated is let's stop for a moment and think, wow, how cool is it that each of us have our own path and, and get met with opportunities or met with mentorships or, you know, just just the, the will to go out there and try, you know, we're all capable of creating beautiful lives amongst the chaos. And that's what I think is so cool about just this whole experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So my final question to you, which is one of my favorite questions to ask my guests and can be tough sometimes for people. What does self-love mean to you? So I very much try to live by the golden rule
1: of love your neighbors as yourself. But I find myself, especially recently with the, and I think it's because of the pandemic too, I find it easier to forgive others sometimes than I do myself. Mm. And so it's actually, for me, it's about learning more about myself and learning that, that, that has to be reciprocal as well. Like, can I love my neighbors as much as myself if I'm not fully loving myself? Mm-hmm. And learning about the gifts that I have to offer and how, um, you know, how can I be a better servant? Uh, so for me, pursuing self-love has been a lot more about learning more um, about how I do fit in this world, and how um, you know, I I believe I'm a, I, I'm a child of God, and so how can I show that love every day? Like one of the um, uh, songs, actually, that has a, had a huge impact on me, um, regards to faith traditions. Because uh, I have a whole other interesting story on faith <laughs> traditions, um, but was that they'll know we're Christians by our love, and mm-hmm. so it's more about how do I live that every day so that people can see that without me having to say it, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 really you know finding where my place is, but but recognizing that um, I've been given a, a great love, and I need to accept that too, and forgive myself and give myself grace, that you know I. Sometimes more willingly give to other people.
0: Yeah, because it's easier to, to focus on other people, whether negatively or positively, yeah. than it is to focus on self and, and the self-awareness to know that. So. But then
1: also realizing that that's what I'm trying to teach my children, too. Yeah. That's where I have become even more well about, more aware about self-love is how do I instill my children to love themselves, that it's not right. just their parents and their support systems loving them as well right so that's where I've become a little bit more self-aware of like what you know what is it that grows that inside of us Mm -hmm. Uh, and how do we pass that on to the next generation
0: man that, that psh, we need that on a whole global level <laughs> more now than ever and I think I'm really I just want to say I'm really proud of myself for not crossing your boundary about talking talk about politics get <laughs> that celebration because I was like man I want to go into it but I know that like you obviously with your job you have to be cautious of what you talk about but you know off off air off off mic you and I have had some great conversations and I just appreciate you like I saw you downtown I was going to the new rooftop um birdies uh-huh. and i was like oh my gosh guess what and i just like stopped you and then i was like wait a minute i'm sorry i'm i don't, I don't want to keep you from anything because i'm just so passionate and i don't know where it came from like if you would have asked me five years ago uh no i would have not cared about politics really you know like you pay attention but now it's like it's all i think about and i'm like oh i'm going crazy but then you find people that are have been doing it are smarter than you really i mean th- that's true and, and have more experience and you're like i just want to I just want to unleash it and talk about it. And So I just want to thank you for for being there the times that I've messaged you or seen you or the Zoom call and where you just hear me out and you're like, "No, I, I that's fine. You know, I totally I totally hear you out." So And any time, I mean, really, <laughs> I, I, I do love to talk politics. And there's yeah, a lot of yeah. political issues, but I do find
1: at the core level there's so, there really is so much more that unites us than divides us. Yeah. I mean, there are some key issues oh, that we absolutely, absolutely and you know, like I love to have political um discourse conversations with people that don't agree with me on certain issues. Oh man, those are the,
0: those are where you find self-love and, and you test, and you test your strength. Right. I mean, because yeah, it can be really boring
1: sure. to be around people who just totally agree with you. Like right. you're not
0: challenging yourself there. Right. But when you
1: really challenge your core and you like, you know, you know, talk about certain issues. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I'm just really, I, I'm, I was so excited when you reached out because I just want more women to realize we have a voice that needs to be heard. Yeah. We have to have our voice um, uh, elevated sometimes, mm-hmm. and if there's any way for anybody to do that, that's, that's important, but we, we need to make sure that we realize what's going on in the world and how it impacts our own lives, and that yeah. we have a say in a lot of these things that are
0: happening. in the future of, of women specifically, or just in general, mm-hmm. like it's not just the present, it's also we gotta be looking five years down the road. And, yes. and I think that more women need to speak up about that. So, um, well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day um, to to really just soul share. And I don't know, probably people can't connect with you or would probably need to connect with you, you know, because of what your actual- Well, you can follow me on Twitter. But, but yes, yeah, so yeah. where can they get inspired by you or if they do have a city question or they wanna be a woman that wants to, you know, progress in, in politics, where can they reach you? Yeah, I so I have Twitter,
1: Facebook, and Instagram. Facebook, I do try to just do my family pictures. Yeah. Um, so unless you really want to watch my kids grow up, <laughs> then, I mean, uh, but, but Instagram and, and Twitter, I think it's S.L. Crandall. Um, I post a lot about, you know, paid leave is a bit, big issue that I think there should be universal support for, yeah. and it would just benefit everybody if we could figure out a way how to get it accomplished, you know, be not being... one of the United States is one of the few developed countries that has no paid leave. Right. And so I know you
0: hear stories about international leave and you're like, wow, what is that like for, for parents? Yeah. Almost every other country has figured yeah. it out somehow. You're like, so yeah. All right. Way to go USA. But well, we're,
1: well, we're getting closer. Right. <laughs> right I think. Right. Um, and there's just a variety of issues that impact us that regardless of where our, our, um, life path has taken us, that mm-hmm. we're just so interconnected that if we figure out a solution for it, we'll all benefit from it. So,
0: right.
1: So Twitter's probably the best place, but Instagram,
0: feel free. Twitter is crazy, man. I don't even have Twitter anymore, and I'll go on there, and I'll see political figures, and I'm like, whew, I'm so glad I do not have Twitter. <laughs> it's fascinating, though, how the, how people take in their news from it, too. TikTok, too, is another form of... I'm not on that one. Though. I'm not <laughs> either, but that's where people get a lot of their news mm-hmm. and stuff. It's, it's crazy how the news, and I'm sure you've seen it even with your career in the past, we'll say, 10 years, how the news outlet has changed, too, where people get their news and... And just all of that, so. Yeah, but even
1: if you have questions about city government too, you can always call 311 and okay. they can connect. Um, you know, probably is the easiest, I can't remember all my numbers. Right. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, anything that I can do to, to answer city questions and uh, I'm active in the Women's Fund at, of Greater Fort Wayne, I'm active in um, uh, Aval, who's One Forward, and there's just a variety of you're ways. Just busy. But, you're just busy. You're just everywhere. Hopefully our <laughs> paths <passed across. laughs>
0: <laughs> Yes. Well, thank you so much. And my uh, little advice to you is make sure you keep working on that self-love because you're a busy woman and you're a purposeful woman. And, uh, you know, you have a family to take care of. So make sure you take care of yourself in the process. Thank you. Will, All right, yeah. Stephanie. Thank you for listening. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Amber B. Hugie. And until next time, remember to be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Peace and love. I want to thank Stephanie Crandall for taking the time out of her extremely busy day to sit down with me and soul share and for you to get to hear her story. So connect with me on Instagram, Amber B. Hugie. And of course, without you, this podcast wouldn't grow. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, peace and love.